Glory to Jesus Christ. Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish presents Light of the East, a program revealing how the Eastern Catholic Churches have nourished the Roman Catholic Churches and today's world in profound ways through their histories, traditions, mysteries, and spirituality. Hello, I am Father Thomas J. Loya, pastor of Annunciation of the Mother of God Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois, and this is a story of the Eastern Churches, an inspiring story of faith, courage, intrigue, mystery, spirituality, dissension, and reconciliation. But most of all, this is an expression of a great experience of faith through our unique divine liturgy. Join with me now as we look toward the Light of the East. Light of the East is also supported by Eastern Christian Publications, where you can find the prayers of the Catholic Byzantine Daily Office at ecpubs.com and by easternchristianmedia.com, a broadband network for you to learn more about the Eastern Catholic Churches. That's easternchristianpublications.com. Glory to Jesus Christ. Welcome to Light of the East. I am Father Thomas Lawyer, your host. We're entering now in the Byzantine liturgical calendar, the preparatory period, which is penitential, two P words there. As soon as I say preparatory for any feast, you should know, if you've listened to this program for any amount of time, that it also means penitential, because we prepare for any kind of feast, anybody special coming, such as the Mother of God in the upcoming feast, or Christ, or some other saint or angel, we prepare by what I call cleaning house, spiritually. And we clean house by abstinence, fasting, confession, and improved behavior. In other words, increased charity. So we're preparing for the great feast of the Dormition, which is on August 15th. It is known in the Western Church as the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary. In the East, it's known as the Dormition, which has to do with, the word basically has to do with a falling asleep, like where we get the word dormitory from, or like an Italian, dormire, to, to sleep. And that is actually a theological reference. It's as though the mother of God, yes, she did die, but her death was more like a like a sleep. It was a death different than we know it because she was preserved from sin. So she passed on into eternal life in a way that we would have normally, Adam and Eve would have, had there not been sin. In other words, she passed on fully intact. Sometimes we can use the word in a virginal way. Virgin or virginal means like intact, one, oneness. She moved into the next life, body and soul, together because she was, as I mentioned, spared from sin. See, the tearing apart of the body, the separation of the body from the soul at death as we know it, which is what makes death so undesirable and so frightening, is from original sin. Our bodies were never supposed to be extracted from our soul or vice versa. We were always supposed to be integrated, virginal, intact, and pass into the next life that way. In some way, somehow, we don't know exactly, but we just know it was to be beautiful and intact and peaceful. 
God had an eschatological destiny for us, as he still does, of course, but it would have been different. Our entrance into that would have been different than it is now. Now our bodies and souls separate from each other. Our body awaits the general resurrection where our soul goes on to the next life. So, in a sense, we are disintegrated for a while. But our hope, of course, is that our body and soul is reunited and we rise to the blissful life, the blessed life, the beatific vision, the life of unity with the Trinity forever in heaven with God. Body and soul intact as one whole person is spiritualized, glorified, transfigured as God intended us to be from the beginning. Now, what has helped to heal that, of course, is Jesus Christ, his incarnation, his suffering, death, resurrection, ascension. That's what put us back together. That's what allowed us to once again move into the next life in an integrated way. But this occurred, it was anticipated in the Virgin Mary because she was, unlike us, preserved from sin. So she went into the next life as a human being would would do so when they are without sin. So we prepare for this great feast of the Dormition, or the Assumption of the Mother of God into heaven, by the traditional way in the Eastern churches, and that is by a penitential time. This means going to confession, fasting, abstaining from meat and dairy products throughout these next couple weeks, and increased charity. This increased charity also means increased prayer. We never do fasting without prayer. And you've heard me say that many times, especially during the great season of Lent, the great fast. We increase our prayer along with our fasting. They always go together. One animates the other. One of the prayers that we do during this time for the next couple of weeks leading up to the Feast of the Dormition is called the Periclesis or Paracusis. And this means basically in Greek or Slavonic, office of consolation to the Most Holy Mother of God. It's a prayer service, a liturgical one, although it can be prayed individually, but it's a liturgical service primarily that is prayed to the Mother of God for any kind of need, especially physical or spiritual, a need such as oh, sickness or some kind of tragedy or malady. And certainly sin is a sickness of the soul, and so we turn to the Mother of God in a way that is penitential, to gain her consolation and her intercession for our sickness of soul. That's how we define sin in the Eastern churches. Eastern spirituality defines sickness as, the Eastern spirituality defines sin as sickness of the soul, which of course comes from original sin. Original sin ushers death into the world, and with death, all things related to death, such as sickness, sickness of body and soul. Remember, we are integrated psychosomatic being. So what happens in one area of our life happens in the other and vice versa, which means that healing in one area of our life means healing in the other. This is why during the sacrament of the anointing of the sick, the priest prayers that he prays when he blesses the oil and anoints the person always combines forgiveness of sins with the healing of the body. So it's a healing of body and soul. When we receive Holy Communion, we pray in the great communion prayer during the liturgy in the Byzantine church, we pray that receiving this Holy Communion will be for the healing of body and soul. We always speak of those two things together. One affects the other, both in its fall and also in its redemption. So getting back to our office of consolation, the Paraclesis service, we pray this in parishes as often as possible between 
now, today, and August 15th, or the eve of August 15th, where we have the Vespers and Liturgy, the Vigil for the Great Feast of the Assumption or the Dormition. And this office is basically like a matin service, or like the morning prayer service. And all of the prayer services, all of the liturgical services, in other words, the divine office, in the Byzantine Church begins the same way. In fact, the beginning is actually called the usual beginning. We begin with the proclamation of a priest, or if there's not a priest, a deacon there. And usually if it's the priest, he'll say, Blessed is our God, always, now, and ever, and forever. Amen. That's followed by glory to our God, glory to you, and then a prayer to the Holy Spirit. As we read in Scripture, it is the Holy Spirit that prays within us. So we right away call upon the Holy Spirit. We say, Heavenly King, Comforter, Spirit of Truth, everywhere present, filling all things and treasure of blessings, giver of life, Come and dwell within us, cleanse us of all stain, and save our souls, O gracious one. And then we pray this Trisagion. Those of you who are of the Western lung of the church, primarily the Latin rite, will know and recognize the Trisagion from what has become a very popular devotion, the Latin rite, the Divine Mercy Prayer, where we sing, Holy God, Holy and Mighty, Holy and Immortal, have mercy on us. As a very ancient prayer that was in the liturgical prayer life of the Eastern churches for many centuries. So that's the next prayer that we call that to Trisagion. Then there's another prayer to the Holy Spirit, the glory be. Only in the Eastern churches we say glory be to the Father, to the Son, the Holy Spirit, now and ever and forever. Amen. Or sometimes the translation is unto ages of ages. Amen. Then once more, a invocation to the Holy Trinity. Most Holy Trinity, have mercy on us. Lord, cleanse us of our sins. Master, forgive our transgressions. Holy One, come to us and heal our infirmities for your name's sake. Now, I want to go back to those verses and repeat them again. And let's look at them a little more carefully. A brief prayer to the Holy Spirit, yet very rich in its meaning. Most Holy Trinity, have mercy on us. Lord, cleanse us of our sins. Forgive our transgressions. Heal our infirmities. That kind of harkens back to something I said earlier about original sin and its effects. It has a number of effects. First of all, we have sin itself, which is our willful choice to go against God's order of creation, against God's authority, God's commands, to go against what is good. A sin is something we do knowingly. But there's also things that we do not so knowingly or or even by accident, just from the general sinfulness of our fallen nature. And that is what we call transgressions. In other words, let's say you accidentally step on somebody's toe. As we all know today in our very litigious society, we're very much (laughs) kind of a, we come from a frame of mind where we like to hold others responsible for things. We're very litigious. We sue a lot. So someone steps on our toe, they say, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that. Yet, we would see them as still, in a sense, responsible. They stepped on our toe, whether they meant to or not. The effect was still the same. They hurt our foot. They hurt our toe, especially if there's any complications from that. They broke the toe or something. So they're responsible, but not in the same way as if they did it as a willful act. So it's a transgression, which happens just from our general sinfulness, the imperfections of the fallen order. We accidentally stepped on someone's toe. It still hurt. We're responsible, but not in the same way as as if we willfully did so, like we wanted to harm them. Then there's the third part. 
our infirmities. Remember, sin is a sickness. So we have infirmities of body and soul. And we need to be healed of those infirmities. We are infirm. We are sick in various ways. So in this brief prayer of the Holy Trinity, we're asking God's mercy on us as sinners, willful sinners, as transgressors, and also those who are sick in need of healing. When we come back, we're going to talk more about the not only the usual beginning of Byzantine divine offices, but also specifically the office of consolation, the Paraquesis, which is prayed during this time of preparation for the Feast of the Dormition, or in other words, the Assumption. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Light of the East mission is Christianity's reunion, and to tell the story of the Eastern Lung of the Catholic Church, we need your support. In order to keep Light of the East on the air, you can make a donation now by going to ByzantineCatholic.com. That's ByzantineCatholic.com. And then donate securely using any major credit card. With your help, we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright. Here we are sitting in the middle of the prairie at Annunciation Parish in beautiful Homer Glen, Illinois. And with me is Father Tom Loya. Father Tom, please tell us about Prairie Fest. This is the 10th anniversary of Prairie Fest, which is a festival for the entire family where you'll enjoy music, a grand cash raffle with $12,000 in total prizes, a beer garden, animal shows, juggling, wine art, bake sale, and more. Prairie Fest kicks off Friday, August 11th at 5 p.m. with music by Evolution Project, Piano Man, and Abba Salute. Then, on Saturday, August 12th at noon, is Family Day with kids' games, animal shows, juggling, and more. At 4 p.m., the music kicks off on Family Day. Then at 7, the Nick Lynch Band. Sunday, August 12th, starting at 11 a.m., prepare to polka with the Polka Generations Band. While you're enjoying all of this music, food, and fun, take a guided tour of this beautiful prairie and experience the church's breathtaking interior during the Annunciation Parish Church Tours. Only a $5 cover for those 18 and over for Prairie Fest on Friday and Saturday with free admission on Sunday. On-premises parking, just $5. For early registration discount for the Wine Arch Studio and event schedule, visit ByzantineCatholic.com. That's ByzantineCatholic.com. Prairie Fest, Friday through Sunday, August 11th through the 13th at Annunciation Parish, 14610 Wilcook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois. You're listening to Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Welcome back to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Loya, your host. We're talking about this preparation period before the great feast of the Dormition, or in other words, the Assumption. And the prayer, the particular liturgical prayer from the divine office of the Byzantine Church that we customarily say before that feast. Before going any further, speaking of the Feast of the Blessed Mother, I am a spiritual director for a pilgrimage retreat to Fatima, one of the great places dedicated to the Mother of God, was because of her apparitions, her appearances to three young children. This is the 100th anniversary of that occurrence, and the retreat that I'll be leading is October 26th to November 2nd. And you can find out more about it. Also, you can register for it by going to horizons at parma.org and put the name Laura in the subject. That's horizons at parma.org and put the name Laura in the subject. That will give you information, allow you to register for this pilgrimage 
and retreat to Fanima, October 26th to November 2nd of this year, 2017. Again, I'll be the spiritual director for it. And in particular, we're going to visit the Byzantine Catholic Chapel that's there in Fatima. It's a very beautiful chapel. And what's interesting about this trip, among many things, it's in the same spirit as this radio program. It's a unifying trip. In other words, Fatima has a focus of both lungs of the church, east and west. There's even a certain devotion among the Orthodox to Fatima and what happened there and to the chapel there. So we'd like to emphasize this idea that this particular trip is also a trip of unity, as well as a trip of prayer for for world peace and for any other personal devotion on your part. Again, pilgrimage and retreat to Fatima, October 26th to November 2nd. That's Thursday through Thursday. Email horizons at parma.org to register, but make sure you put the name Laura in the subject. As we continue with our usual beginning to the liturgical service called the Paracas service, we now come to the Lord's Prayer, the Our Father. And the Our Father ends with a doxology, which means the priest will say, For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, now and ever and forever. And then the people respond, Amen. Now, only the priest does this. And this is usually only done when the Our Father is said during a liturgical service. If it's said outside of that, we usually do not do the doxology. Just a little fine point about Byzantine prayer, liturgically speaking. After the Lord's Prayer, we have the Lord have mercies, which are repeated. We often do that in the Byzantine tradition. And then finally, the come let us worship our King and God, which is said three times. Now, that's what we call the usual beginning. And after that, we usually go into a litany or a psalm. In this case, for the Paracas service, and again, that word means consolation. It's an office of consolation, which we call out to the Blessed Mother for her consolation. We're like children who are frightened or wounded or grieving or hurting, and we're calling out to mommy our spiritual mother. So what we do next in the Paracas service, as we call out to our spiritual mother, is we do a psalm. In this particular case, it's Psalm 142. Lord, listen to my prayer. Turn your ear to my appeal. You are faithful. You are just. Give answer. And of course, the psalm continues. We're all familiar with Psalm 142, right? Because you're all familiar with your Bibles. (laughs) The psalmody, of course, is the basic backbone of prayer in the church, both east and west, in both lungs of the church. It is very much so in the western lung of the church. The western lung of the church and their divine office, they use a lot of scripture. They use scripture verses and the psalms. In the Eastern churches, we use the Psalms, scripture verses, but also we have what's called dogmatic hymns. In other words, these are hymns written by great saints, great spiritual people, which are basically immersions into the meaning, the theological meaning, as though we were on retreat and spending some time in meditation on the great mystery that we're celebrating. And those dogmatic hymns are worked into the divine office, different liturgical prayers of the Byzantine church. Well, they're very poetically done. They're, they're done in such a way, written in such a way, as to be not only meaningful and deep and rich, but also beautiful as well. Then, of course, they're put to the traditional chant. So that's sort of the meat of the liturgical prayer in many of the Eastern churches, along with, as I mentioned, the Psalms and verses from Scripture. Really, when you look at the liturgical prayer of the church, East and West, So much of it, even though we might hear a single prayer, we hear it as a single prayer, maybe by the priest or whomever, but basically so much of it is 
scripture verses, either paraphrase or exact quotes from scripture, that are woven together into a prayer or into prayers. And that's really what makes up the essence or the backbone of prayer in the church East and West. So one of the most important things we can do in our personal prayer, in addition to our liturgical prayer, is to pray the Psalms, to have a habit of praying the Psalms. They are the prayer of the church. What I like about that personally, it's a fallback point. It's a point that if you're having some challenge in praying or you're not sure how to pray or you can't get to church or or you just don't know exactly how to approach prayer, a fallback point, a default point is to just open the Bible and start reading the Psalms, start praying the Psalms. And you'll notice that those Psalms all have a title and it's just a, like a one-line explanation about what they're about. And if you look at them carefully, and there's a 150 of them, these Psalms cover the entire gamut of the human experience. So if you're feeling joyful, happy, you're thankful to God, there's lots of Psalms for that. If you're feeling attacked, you're feeling kind of like as though you're being singled out like Job for suffering. There are psalms for that. In fact, those are called psalms of lament. There is a, a psalm that responds to the beauty of creation. There's a psalm that asks for forgiveness. There's all kinds of psalms for all kinds of experiences of our human adventure, the human drama in our relationship with God. So use the psalms. If you're having difficulty praying, just use the psalms. Because in that sense, you are doing the official prayer of the church. You really are praying in the way that God has designed that the church would pray. So you can never go wrong, and they're very helpful. It's like you're stepping on top of wings, the wings of the psalms. Let the wings of the psalms carry you to prayer. All right, now, the Padaka service itself. Once we get beyond the psalms and the usual beginning, and of course there's always litanies interspersed in all the liturgical services of the, especially the Byzantine church. We love litanies. We're always asking for Lord to have mercy on us. <laughs> and we're also praying for many different intentions, intentions from life, you know, for health or salvation and so on. But in addition to that, as I mentioned, the dogmatic hymns point to and articulate the the soul, the, the essence of this particular service. And this service is about asking the Blessed Mother for her help. And so we sing things like this. Steadfast protectress of Christians, unshakable mediatrix before the Creator, do not despise the prayerful voices of sinners, but in your goodness hurry to assist those who faithfully cry out to you. Hasten to intercede and heed our supplications, interceding always, Theotokos, in behalf of those who honor you. There are also verses that come from the verses that we might find in the matins or the morning prayer service in the Eastern churches. And as I mentioned, this prayer service basically is a morning service, although it can be done in the evening, it can be done anytime, it can be prayed even individually in the privacy of your own life. But it's designed, as all prayer is in the Eastern churches, to be prayed liturgically. In other words, for the people to gather in the assembly and to pray to the Mother of God. And again, we do this, especially this particular prayer, we can do anytime, but we do it especially when we're preparing for the great feast of the Dormition, or in other words, the Assumption of the Mother of God, which is coming up on August 15th. As we are pointing to a particular prayer for the intercession of the Mother of God, I want to make a little comment about 
intercession to the Virgin Mary relative to this trip that I'm directing to Fatima, as I mentioned earlier. And again, it's Thursday to Thursday, October 26th to November 2nd, 2017. My thought on this trip, I was asked to be the spiritual director for it. In my spiritual reflection on it, my, my motto of this trip, what I believe is the theme of it, the spiritual theme, among many things, primarily it is one that is rather dear to my heart, and that is praying for peace, world peace, especially peace between the Eastern cultures of this world and the Western cultures. That's really what a lot of the wars, especially the war with terrorism, the tension between radical Islam and the Western world, a lot of this is a tension between two worldviews, two perspectives that aren't necessarily supposed to be at odds with each other. They're supposed to be complementary, kind of like man and woman. But just as what happens with man and woman, we sometimes have misunderstandings and tensions. I firmly believe that the only way to resolve this is not by any human person or solution, but by prayer, and I think in particular, prayer to the intercession of the Mother of God. And one way to amplify our prayer is to do something about it, not only pray, but to accompany that with a pilgrimage, an effort, a retreat, a pilgrimage, something we do with our body, where we step out of our own day-to-day routine, we in a sense inconvenience ourselves, we sacrifice ourselves, we, we pay for a trip, we, we prepare for a trip, we go on a trip. We do something that is out of our daily routine, that amplifies our prayer. And that's what this pilgrimage is about. And that's what I would like you to keep in mind as you consider this pilgrimage through Fatima, October 26th to November 2nd, Thursday to Thursday. And again, you can register by going to horizons at parma.org. That's an email, horizons at parma.org, and put in the subject area the name Laura. I want to thank you for listening. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. To hear Light of the East again, visit byzantinecatholic.com and click on the Features and Programs tab and on iTunes. Thank you for listening to Light of the East. We encourage you to tell a friend about Light of the East and to visit byzantinecatholic.com. Light of the East is produced by ADC Media. Thank you for listening. Next week, we will return to the light of the East. To learn more about Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish, visit our website, byzantinecatholic.com, where you will also find an archive of all of our programs. In order to continue Light of the East with its mission of Christianity's reunion, we need your support with a donation. Any amount will be a blessing. Please make out a check to Light of the East Radio and send it to Light of the East, 14610 Will Cook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. That's Light of the East, 14610 Wilcook Road, spelled W-I-L-L-C-O-O-K Road, Homer Glen, Illinois. Or donate online on the homepage of ByzantineCatholic.com. From the Light of the East, a new dawn of unity is in sight. God bless you, go with God, and may God grant you many happy years. Oh.